Yo, yo, what's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breck and Ridge Brewery. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael, and man, we have plenty to talk about. It's been a weird week. It's been a busy week. It's been a week filled with all kinds of headlines and tweets and statements and just drama all over the place. It, it really feels a lot like 2018 and the whole situation with Larry Stacy, but man what a weird week i spent most of it up in the mountains if, if you follow me on social media you saw some of those posts so always fun when you try and take you know vacation and end up writing like six articles but you know honestly I, I really didn't care about that i can work from from wherever it was just nice to get away from well from my apartment for a little bit you know I'd, i recently moved which is good i like my new place a lot but it was just nice to get some fresh air nice to get you know, just some time up in the mountains by the creek, you know, spend some time with my parents, my younger brother, my grandparents. It was, it was just great to see everybody. And and I really, really enjoyed it. So it was much needed. Um, thank you for, you know, everybody for bearing with me throughout all that. I tried to keep up with all of this as best as I could. Got back into Fort Collins Friday night and Things just continued to escalate. So we're going to talk about basically everything. This is This is actually going to be a two-part podcast. And the reason that we're doing that is just, I think it'll be a little bit more palatable for everybody than if I try and throw all of this information from this wild, wild week at you all in one, you know, giant podcast. I just, I don't think it would be very fun to listen to. I think you'd get really confused. It was confusing to follow in the moment. So let alone like trying to take all of it in, in one single podcast. I don't know. I just, I think it'll be better with two. That's my reasoning. It's going to be a two part podcast. Just kind of break it up for everybody, make it a little bit easier to listen to. Before we jump into some of this, really talk about the timeline and, and just kind of set the scene for the week, do got to talk about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. When I was up in Vale, I was just pounding mountain beaches all week long. Delicious, delicious sour. Probably, oh man, it, it might be my new favorite Breckenridge beer. I, I've always been an avalanche ale guy. I've come, I've definitely come strong with the with the strawberry sky over the last couple of months but mountain beach it's just it's nice and tart it's still got some sweetness to it but it's not overwhelming i don't know it's just perfect you know sitting in the sun just lounging reading some phil Steele college football preview remember that remember remember when we were still focused on phil Steele? i had all this content based around uh, phil Steele's predictions for the rams and i still haven't gotten to it because they've just been well, more important things to talk about, I guess. It's just been weird. But anyways, Mountain Beach, super delicious. Absolutely love it. Shout out to Breckenridge. If you're in the Denver metro area, you can get some Breckenridge beers delivered to you via Davidson's. They're an awesome local company. If you just want to go to the liquor store yourself, there's there's nothing better than the Breck Beer Locator. It takes all the inconvenience out of beer shopping. I had to go on a beer run a couple days into my trip to the mountains. Hopped on the Breck Beer Locator, just found the closest liquor store near me with those options. Perfect. So clutch. Shout out to Breckenridge. Cool, 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 cool. So the first part of this podcast is just going to be me kind of going over everything that's happened this week. I'm going to set the timeline because I just think it's important we talk about everything in the context of when it came out, how this whole week played out, all of that stuff. I'm going to give everybody just a, you know, a, a kind of concise brief run through of everything that's happened. I'm I'm not going to necessarily read every single word of every single statement all of that, but I will give you the important 
you know, the, the important hitters, all the, the information that you need to know just so you can be caught up to date with this whole situation. Like I said, it's just been one thing after the other. And honestly, that's kind of why I wanted to wait to record this. I knew the Colorado one report was coming out this weekend, so I just figured, you know, wait until we get a, a better sense of, of what this picture is going to look like. Obviously, we still need to wait for the results of the investigation before, you know, you completely solidify your opinion and all that because you know the, the the investigation it just matters it matters a lot you know what what they determine is really going to be important especially when it comes to you know whether or not there's going to be any changes on this current staff i'll tell you right now you know as of as of right now based on everything that i've gathered i don't really expect major changes within the football staff now if 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 something comes out about covid and the investigation and it turns out that that stuff was all true you know it turns out that they were encouraging players to to hide symptoms they were trying to come back earlier than 14 days all of that type of stuff well that's a completely different situation and and if that proves to be true then you you're really going to have to make some serious changes because that's just that's such a crazy liability it puts so many people at risk and and that would just be flat out dangerous we don't know yet. You know, we we don't know yet. So we got to let the investigation play out, especially for that COVID stuff. But obviously, there's been a tons of other layers that have come out over the last week. Anthony Hill, Jimmy Stewart, a trainer, former and current players alleging, you know, racism and verbal abuse. So there's just a ton to talk about. And we're going to go over it all. I'm going to explain, you know, what happened. And then I'm going to kind of give my thoughts on the article, talk about you know, my takeaways from the Colorado and piece, what I think might happen moving forward, all of that stuff. Going to get into all of it. I just, I just figured it would be easier to do it into a two-part podcast, but let's just kind of jump right into things here. All of this started on Tuesday, August 4th. We had a media availability with athletic director Joe Parker at about 9 a.m. Lasted about 30 to 40-ish minutes talked about a variety of things but the main you know the main message from Joe Parker the main theme of that media availability was that Parker was was more or less pleased with CSU's COVID-19 procedures in hindsight you know this was probably just CSU trying to you know get out in front of of what they knew was coming from the Colorado in that day but you know we uh, we got to talk to Parker he he told us he thought that the you know, the protocols were good. He told us that he thought positive tests were, they were a sign of, of their procedures working essentially. And that he hoped, you know, they'd be able to move forward eventually trying to figure out scheduling stuff. We talked briefly about all that. And then there was just a little bit of talk about, you know, fans in the stands. And he kind of hinted at the possibility of, well, if there aren't any fans in the stands, I'm not sure that that's going to be an experience that's still worth it for our student athletes. To me, that was kind of him hint hinting at the inevitable that's coming down the line. But hey, we'll see. Fingers crossed that you can still get this in after the MAC, and you know some other D1 teams have have now announced that they're not going to play UConn. It it's just doesn't seem good. But we're gonna we're we're not going to focus solely on that today. There's just too many other things to get into. But you know, so basically Tuesday, August fourth. About 9 a.m., Joe Parker meets with the media. We all publish our content. I did a podcast on it. I wrote about 1,200 words. If you're a DNVR subscriber, go back and check all of that out. See what he had to say. Flash forward about five hours to 3.46 p.m. That's when Kevin Lytle tweets out Miles Blumhardt's story regarding the football staff's alleged COVID-19 protocol violations. 
at this point, this is when crap just really, really starts to hit the fan. This story completely just skyrockets out of nowhere. I mean, within minutes, it just has hundreds and hundreds of retweets. National writers are sharing it everywhere. It it blows up. Everybody's talking about CSU for all the wrong reasons. Really, really a rough afternoon to be a CSU Ram. From there, that's kind of when we got the first blowback from CSU in terms of this report. Kyle Neves, the Associate Athletic Director for Communications, at 501 on August 4th, he tweets, In a 30-minute interview with Joe Parker, Miles Blumhardt asked about the context of this salacious headline once. He also excluded that our team, at the insistence of coach, hasn't been allowed back into facilities for safety. But that doesn't fit the narrative. So that was kind of the first instance of you know, people blowing back on this report from CSU saying, you know, we have been following all the proper protocols. At that point, you know, you started to get some players coming out and being like, who's anonymous? None of this is true. I had some players or some parents of players reach out to me regarding, you know, their children and some people talking about how, you know, they, they felt extremely pleased with all the procedures, all of that stuff. But that was kind of the first instance of, of somebody publicly, at least, you know, going against this report. Fast forward a couple hours, and and that's when things really kind of started to escalate. Late Tuesday night, Joyce McConnell emails CSU students announcing that she is launching an immediate investigation into the situation, and her language in this was was very, very stern, very powerful, I would say. You know, it was clear that she was trying to come out and take a really strong stance against all of this, and, and that's all smart. You know, it's her first year as president want to make a strong impression, all that stuff. But here's here's some of what she had to say in that statement. Dear CSU community, an article published today reports some extremely serious and deeply troubling allegations about how CSU athletics is handling public health precautions surrounding COVID-19. Quoting several student athletes and members of the athletic staff, the story raises concerns about whether the health and well-being of our student athletes is truly the top priority of Colorado State University. I tell you all now that nothing, underlined, is more important to me or CSU than the health and well-being of our students. Nothing. They are our purpose and our responsibility, each and every one of them, whatever sport they play or major they declare. Effective immediately, I have launched an immediate investigation into the concerns raised in the article. The investigation will come out of my office, it will move quickly, and it will transparently share the outcome with all of you. Let me reiterate, the health and well-being of the CSU community is our top priority. That is why since the COVID-19 pandemic began, we have adhered to the Center for Disease Control Guidelines and to state and county directives and why we work daily with the local Larimer County Health Department. And that is why our institutional decisions during this time are led by the CSU Pandemic Preparedness Team and Public Health Office. And it goes on more and more, basically, you know, just saying reiterating the concerns of the student-athlete are their biggest priority. You know, they, they people are going to be able to come forward. They'll find the truth. At about 11 p.m., this is still Tuesday, August 4th. So, like I said, it's just a ton of information. But still Tuesday, August 4th, about 11 p.m., head coach Steve Adazio released a statement through ACSU school spokesperson along with Joe Parker. 
We have developed a comprehensive COVID-19 prevention plan in collaboration with the university's pandemic preparedness team, which includes specific, strictly enforced processes and procedures to build and maintain a culture of safety, compliance, and responsibility to all members of the football program and the community. The health and welfare of our student-athletes of the Colorado State football team is our top priority, and I fully support President McConnell's investigation into concerns about whether these protocols were properly followed by everyone involved with our program. We want every student-athlete to have confidence that we are taking every possible measure to ensure their safety, and we will continue working with the training staff, the athletic department, and the university to evaluate and implement any additional steps necessary to live up to our high standards. That was Steve Adazio. Here's Joe Parker's statement. It was troubling to read today that any student-athlete is concerned about our department's commitment to their health and safety. As we have reiterated daily with our staff and student-athletes, their health is our top priority. We believe strongly in our policies and procedures and have instituted those at the direction and guidance of our university's pandemic preparedness team and local, state, and federal officials. The report that some football student-athletes were instructed to withhold symptoms would run counter to repeated communications we have had with our staff and student-athletes. I fully embrace President McConnell's investigation into this matter, and if we learn of anyone on our staff that has not been fully supportive of our commitment to health and safety, this is unacceptable, and it will be dealt with swiftly. Pretty certain statement from Joe Parker there. One could argue that he's probably trying to save his own ass a little bit, but you know that's the right statement. That's the statement to make, especially in this situation. If if it turns out there are COVID nineteen protocols being violated, then you said the right thing. You can you can act swiftly. It, it looks like you did the right thing. If it turns out that it was all nonsense, that it was just you know somebody trying to get the coaches fired or something like that, or it was blown out of proportion, whatever. It just turns out that it's maybe not necessarily true. Then at least he came out with a strong statement and and said the right things. You know, you just it's a it's a position that that puts him in safely. I think it was the right call. All of that was August 4th. What what a wild day. All of that was August 4th. Everybody finally, you know, they go to bed. It was late night. I'm sure you, like me, were, were on Twitter all day. I think my screen time was up about 80% last week. But everybody, they, you know, they go to bed, they wake up, they want to see what happens. At around noon, Patrick O'Brien tweets out. With all the news that has transpired about Colorado State, I would like to say that no one has been through anything like this in our lifetime. With that in mind, I believe that our staff has done everything in their power to keep us safe. They have my full support. Go Rams. An encouraging sign, right? You know, always good to see the quarterback coming out publicly, defending the staff, leader of the team, all that. That's where you want to be. This this is Wednesday morning or, you know, Wednesday at noon, I should say. After that, it was was a relatively quiet Wednesday, at least all things considered compared to the rest of the days this week, at least, you know, so not a whole lot else happened that day other than, you know, the tweet and then the Mountain West announced their schedule, which that's something that we're going to talk about more in depth when it honestly, I I just want to find out if CSU is going to play before I, you know, start creating content on who should they play and all that. As of right now, kind of a weird situation. Nobody really knows, you know, who they're going to play. The Mountain West came out with a with a plan to do eight conference games plus two non-conference games. As of right now, CSU's non-conference opponents all seem to be off the table. There's some confusion about whether Greeley is going to be able to play this fall or not. The 
the Big Sky Conference decided to postpone at least their conference games until spring. It, it, there seems to be some some deferring reports on whether or not that they're going to try and play non-conference games. I mean, it would make sense if you're if you're a team in the Big Sky and you have a chance to play a, a major, you know, FBS team. Why would you miss out on that? One of the games I was actually really looking forward to the, to this year was North Dakota State, Oregon. That one's not going to happen. But anyways, you know, so other than other than Patrick O'Brien's tweet, other than the Mountain West announcing the schedule, not a whole lot happened Wednesday. So let's fast forward to Thursday. This is when this is when the fire really starts to escalate before. If it was like a campfire, it was still, you know, in containment maybe getting a little big, maybe getting a little bit worried, but you can still put it out at any point. By Thursday, Friday, we're, we're approaching like full-blown dumpster fire territory. Call the fire department, bring the hoses, bring, bring everything, bring everything you've got because we got to put this fire out. It just, it got ugly real, real quick. We're going to continue with this, but first I got to shout out my friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. The hits literally keep on coming. From one MMA event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. And UFC 252 was no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users the opportunity to bet $1 to win $250. Those are some great odds. Head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including fighter props, round-by-round betting, and so much more. Plus, with basketball right around the corner, the playoffs coming, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering $10 in free bets to use on in-game action for every day of the first round of the playoffs. That's dangerous. That's going to be fun. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe, secure, and reliable betting app you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $252 on this weekend's main event. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win $250 when placing a $1 bet on this weekend's big fight. All you got to do is use the code DNVR, turn $1 into $252. That's easy math. I was not very good at math. Even I can do that one. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Cool, 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 cool. Continuing with the timeline then, Thursday, like we said, that's when things really started to get wonky. It's when the fire really started to spread. It's, it's just when things got really chaotic. I mean, it was already a really, really rough week with the COVID-19 stuff, but Thursday is just Thursday and Friday in particular. That's when, when things just really started to get ugly. On Thursday, CSU hires Kansas City law firm Hush Blackwell to conduct the COVID-19 investigation. This is a Kansas City law firm, the same group that conducted the probe at the University of Iowa when they had allegations of racism within their football department. From a PR standpoint, this was a strong move. You go out and you hire a group that's, you know, proven that they can get to the bottom of a, a sticky situation like this. I also think it was a, a very intentional move by Joyce McConnell. 
a situation where she wants to show that, you know, she's taking this very strongly. As I've mentioned a couple of times in my articles uh, in a previous podcast as well, her language has been very, very strong, very stern, you know, at least implying that she's not afraid to take action. This, I believe, you know, hiring Hush Blackwell just kind of goes in line with that. Around 4.57 p.m., that's when the Big Sky officially postponed their fall football season. Mentioned that a little bit earlier. It's still pretty unclear whether CSU and Greeley are going to play or not. We'll see. I mean, it's unclear if CSU is going to play or not, period. So let alone their entire schedule. But things got even wonkier. What a weird 24 hours with that Big Sky stuff. Amazing how long ago that already feels. 7.15 p.m., players from around the Mountain West begin to post about Mountain West United. I highly recommend you go look at this, you know, just a series of demands about, you know, just wanting more consistent testing, wanting whistleblower protection, scholarship protection. There's some eligibility stuff in there that the Mountain West wouldn't really be able to work around. That would have to be an NCAA decision. I do think that the the vast majority of the things that the players were asking for with, you know, those Mountain West United posts are are very reasonable, you know, especially just given... We don't know the long-term effects or impacts of COVID-19. If we are going to push forward, if we are going to play, there has to be some type of assurance that, you know, the long-term health of these players are are going to be looked out for and that, and that we care about this stuff. So I thought all of that was really reasonable. Make sure you go check out that article. Like I said, I went in a little bit more in-depth on there. Go check it out. At 9.34 p.m., we got our first official statement from the Mountain West in response to this pretty generic statement overall it is referenced in that article so if you if you want to go read it go check it out i think the best way to put it was there were some words you know there there were some words it was basically them just being like you know we're trying to do all this stuff already but you know nothing nothing that's going to get them in trouble or anything like that i just thought it was funny because i published an article and i put that the mountain west had not responded and i published it and probably Less than five minutes later, they announced a statement. That's how it always goes. <laughs> Flash forward to Friday. Like I said, this is this is when the fire is is just getting all kinds of crazy. 6.05 p.m., Joe Parker announces through a school spokesperson that all football activities are being put on pause amid allegations of racism and verbal abuse within the program. Holy moly. Alarms going off everywhere. It's already a terrible week. This this at this point, everyone is just like, what the hell is going on in Fort Collins? What kind of disaster is this? This is at 6.05 p.m. 6.39 p.m. Kevin Lytle of the Coloradoan tweets that he has asked for comment for a story in which current and former players allege racial insensitivity and verbal abuse. So essentially, you know, CSU got out ahead of what they knew was coming. At that point, nobody really knew, you know, what was going to be in that Coloradoan article specifically. But around 8 p.m. on on Friday, August 7th, it doesn't actually have the the pub time listed on ESPN, but I I saw it right after it came out, and it was around 8. Andrea Andelson reports that a letter sent by Anthony Hill to Joe Parker outlined a variety of concerns with the team. This was kind of the first that we heard of Anthony Hill. He was obviously a big part of the Coloradoan article along with J- Jimmy Stewart and he he went on the on the podcast with some of the Ram Nation guys as well so you know he he's been very outspoken against Parker against Adazio mentioned some 
stuff, some accusations against Bobo regarding how him and his staff treated black players. Uh, There's some stuff in there about pay for black coaches, just a lot to unpack. In general, I think the the ESPN article kind of made Anthony Hill come off looking like sour grapes a little bit, just the way that it was all portrayed. But, you know, then again, when I think of somebody like Anthony Hill, who's going to care more about CSU than somebody like him? I think his perspective is something that that really needs to be valued. And, and I'm going to talk about this more. I'm still kind of just going through the timeline. But that was just kind of the first that we got of him. And obviously, all of the response from the fans that came with it. Continuing with Friday night, at about 10.35 p.m., we got our first statement. He would release another one in response to Saturday's article, but on Friday night, we got our first statement from associate head coach slash running backs coach Brian White. It's captioned, The truth shall set you free, referencing John 8.32. His statement, I'll, I'll read part of it, To say this week has been a bewildering one for Colorado State football and the university would be an understatement. Tuesday afternoon, the allegations started with an article written by Miles Bloomhart in the Coloradoan. This article alleges that Coach Adazio or his coaches told players not to report COVID-19 symptoms, threatened players with reduced playing time if they quarantine, and even that CSU is altering contact tracing reports to keep players practicing. Today, there were allegations of racism and verbal abuse that surfaced and were attributed to the CSU Athletic Administration in quotes generally and to the football team specifically. Yes, these allegations are extremely troubling and hopefully will be rigorously vetted by the independent investigation that is underway. Every player, coach, and support personnel should be interviewed. The truth, like water, will surface and find its level. He goes on to, you know, defend Coach Adazio and his character, transparency, his passion, all of that stuff says that he would never compromise the welfare of the players under any circumstance. And to even hint that he or the co- or he or the football team is racist is shameful. He's worked with Coach Adazio for eight years and have lived, and you know he's consistently lived up to his his commitment of player welfare. This is the truth, according to Brian White. Not. Um, Not shocking, you know, not shocking to have the assistant coach come out and release a statement, especially now. Brian White is a guy who's very active on social media, as is. It would make sense to have him be a guy that that just comes out and releases something. I'm not sure necessarily that that's what, you know, CSU wants these guys to do because, you know, they probably want to be able to control the message, have them work with the school spokesperson and stuff. But I do. I I appreciate the, the genuinity of it and. And, you know, I think like everybody, he's entitled to, to come out and his say his side of the story. Everybody's perspective matters in a situation like this. This, of course, brings us to Saturday, August 8th. And, and that's when things got even more complicated, when we got even more information. But that's just the theme of the week. So at 1022 a.m., that's by from what I can find, that's when players first began to tweet this out. CSU players with the hashtag CSU United, released the following statement. To the members of the Colorado State University community, the last number of days has created an unfair and unstable environment within our football team. As our team addresses these challenges, the seniors, with the support of the entire team, have chosen to frame the allegations with the following facts and personal experiences. First, 
The allegation of racism and verbal abuse by the current football staff and specifically Coach Adazio is patently untrue. To the contrary, our experience since Coach Adazio's first day has been positive, welcoming, and focused on our development as student-athletes. To be absolutely clear, we have not experienced any racially insensitive comments to our teammates from the athletic department or coaching staff. Second, this football team has matured and positively developed since Coach Adazio's arrival. The seniors and our football team unequivocally support our coach and his staff. They have acted professionally, respectfully, and are committed to fostering an inclusive and supportive football program. We have embraced new and exciting programs that Coach Adazio has implemented, which have already proven to be beneficial and educational to our football team. Third, it is clear to us that the false allegations have been leveled by team individuals who are not associated with our current football team. The unfounded allegations from a disgruntled former coach and or unnamed source is unfair, unjust, and creates the exact demeaning and painful wounds that can be caused by racism. Again, we do not practice sweat, work, or study in a harmful culture. Finally, we know the truth. Ask us, not unnamed sources and former coaches who have an axe to grind. Through our shared goals, our commitment to Coach Adazio and his staff, our energy, and a focus group, this team is confident we will and we can achieve to a great degree with Coach Adazio and his staff. Now, obviously, there, there's a lot to unpack here. One of the things that was frequently pointed out to me on Twitter, there were a lot more white players sharing this message than, you know, people of color. Now, does that mean necessarily that like all all student athletes of color have experienced these type of things? Not necessarily, but I just think it's a good reminder that this statement does not necessarily reflect the experiences of everybody in the locker room. Now, is it, is it significant that 30 plus members of the team share this? Yes, absolutely. I think that's encouraging. I think that's a good sign. But I just I urge everybody to, to think back to that Larry Stacy situation. You know, that was a, a situation where there was quite a bit of proof. And, and Larry had quite the track record of, of verbal abuse and, and all of that type of stuff. And there were still players on that team that defended him. Everybody's experiences with coaches are, are going to be different. And and this is no different, you know, just because some players experience it doesn't necessarily mean that all of them will. It doesn't mean that one side is right and one side is wrong. It just shows that this, like many things, is a it's not a black and white situation. You know, it's a gray situation because there's just relationships are complex. You know, I just I just wanted to point that out because we're going to see a situation, whether it's Jimmy Stewart, whether it's Anthony Hill, whether it's the players that remain anonymous, people are going to really divide into camps. And I get it. That's especially with the way that the, the news cycle works today. It's it's really easy to to slip into that mindset. But I just I urge you one to to wait for the, the results of the investigation, but two just to to remember the fact that this is a super complex situation. And when there are this many moving parts, this many individuals and and topics that are this controversial there's there's just going to be difference in opinion you know it's it's a football team it's a locker room it's it's a group of individuals this isn't a situation where you have consensus all the time and it was clear even you know with the united message was it was it important that 30 player 30 plus players shared it yes all of that that matters the opinions of all those players matter but, you know, one of the things I noticed, there were quite a few prominent players that, that have been around for a while that are leaders on this team, that are respectful young men, 
that are philanthropists in their community, they're active. Some of those people weren't sharing that message. That's significant to me. I'm not going to name them by name because, you know, I don't want to put, I don't want to speak for these young men. I don't want to put them in a, in a tough situation. It could have just been, you know, we don't, we don't want to get involved with social media today. That's all very possible. But I did notice that there were some significant members of the team that didn't share it. So just consider that. Just consider that. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's throughout this entire process, you know, my entire message has been wait until we get all the facts. I still feel that way. I still feel that way. But I just wanted to point out all of the, the different layers to that situation. Fast forward 5.30 p.m. That's when the story drops by the Coloradoan. And it looks really, really bad for Joe Parker, for CSU Athletics as a whole. I think Mike Bobo looks really bad in this. Jancic looks bad. There's some stuff about Steve Adazio in there as well. I don't think necessarily that the Coloradoan report is quite as damning for the new staff as it is the old staff in the administration. But I'm going to talk about that in more detail on part two of this podcast which is uh, about to come up. I'm just going to kind of really react to that Colorado one report because holy crap, so much in there. But, you know, if, if I just wanted to kind of separate it because I thought it would be a bit much to try and, you know, consume 35 minutes of this and, and figure out everything that happened before we even got into that article. But I do think all of this is important. And I think, you know, the timing of it, how it all came out is important. I think the, the differences and experience are important, all of that stuff. But if, if, you, if you're still interested, we're going to continue with this conversation on part two of the podcast. Thank you all for listening to part one. Much love to everybody in the community. We'll continue with that discussion on part two.